0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. we increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the Sacrament. Amen. We've got courtroom language in both our second reading and our Gospel this weekend, but before we get there, we have to talk about what Philip is up to in the Acts of the Apostles. Our first reading begins with verse 5 of the 8th chapter of Acts, but verse 1 will help to put the whole story in context. We're told that, on that day, there broke out a severe persecution of the church in Jerusalem and all were scattered throughout the countryside of Judea and Samaria. That includes Philip, one of the seven deacons whom we heard about in last weekend's first reading. But as so often happens, God is able to bring good out of this tragedy, and that's where our story picks up. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. Beautifully, with one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip. For the very first time, the message of Jesus' resurrection is being preached outside of Jerusalem, and it's making new followers. As we're told, there was great joy in that city as miracles begin to take place. This actually fulfills what Jesus had said just seven chapters earlier in the same Acts of the Apostles verse 8 of chapter 1, just prior to his ascension, Jesus had said, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And now that's coming true. But just like your dad, who always wanted to make sure you really did clean your room when you said so, Peter and John are sent from Jerusalem after they heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God. They arrive on the scene and verify the good works happening through Philip's preaching. To confirm all of this, they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. We continue to hear from the first letter of St. Peter as our second reading. and Once again, I'll remind you that this letter is commonly believed to be an ancient baptismal homily. At this point in the homily, as perhaps the congregation might be starting to doze off, St. Peter tells the newly baptized that they should always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. This word explanation, however, is the English translation of the Greek word apologia, and it's from where the concept of an apology comes. Now, when I say apology, I'm not talking about apologizing to your dad when you really didn't clean up that room after all. Instead, an apology in ancient times was a sort of legal term for a defense of one's position. You may remember reading Plato's Apology in a college philosophy course, or at least hearing about it. That's the sense of the apology here. But St. Peter isn't envisioning these newly baptized to spew a bunch of legalese in a court setting. Rather, he's probably thinking of when these newly baptized Christians will have friends and neighbors come up to them and say, hey, why did you get baptized as a Christian? What's with that? In that moment, they need to have a defense ready, an apology. But the courtroom language continues in our gospel passage as we hear once again from the 14th chapter of St. John's Gospel. For the first time in John's Gospel, we're introduced to the concept of the parakletos, the paraclete. The word itself is a combination of two words in Greek, para, meaning alongside, and kaleo, meaning to call. The parakletos is one who calls alongside, and it took its origins from a court of law when someone served as a legal assistant or advocate. In fact, the word advocate is how our translation at Mass attempts to sum up this Greek word parakletos. Other translations opt for counselor or comforter, or some just leave the word "paraclete" altogether. Jesus tells his followers that the Father will give another parakletos, another advocate, meaning, of course, that he is already the first advocate given to them by the Father. In the words of scripture scholar George Beasley Murray, Jesus has performed the role of a paraclete during his earthly ministry, and after his departure, he will ask the Father to send another paraclete to perform a like ministry for his disciples. Lastly, it might seem harsh that Jesus would describe his followers as being left as orphans. But at that time, when a rabbi passed away, his disciples were described as orphans. In fact, when Socrates dies, we're told in the Phaedo that his followers had become orphans. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this sixth Sunday in Easter in year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.